Welcome to the Last Christian Radio Show with your hosts, Brother J.D. Williams and Brother T.L. Farley. It's now time to grab your Bible as prophecy brings into focus the events playing out on the world stage at incredible speed, right before our very eyes, and exactly as was foretold. Well, good evening, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Last Christian Radio Show. My name is J.D. Williams here in East Texas, and I'm joined by my co-host there in the Dallas and Fort Worth area, Mr. T.L. Terry Farley. And uh, Terry, happy Valentine's Day. <laughs> yeah, you too there, and, uh, and to, your, to your better half. And, there you uh, go. And just I hope I remember to, to, to give it to my better half when yeah. she gets back. Yeah, well, I haven't I haven't said anything to Anita either, but she's been busy all day, and and so have yeah. I. So, anyway, uh, as a matter of fact, she's heading to your neck of the woods uh, today. She's going to. Uh, Ooh, yeah. uh, can you contact her in any way? Because I've got that bag of stuff. Oh, hey, uh, well, I don't care about talking about that right now. But anyway, uh, yeah, <laughs> I can I can get with her. Um, uh, look, Terry, we have a tremendous amount of news, and I've got a big announcement as well I'm going to start you off with today. Um, first of all, we have always kind of um, looked at our show as being something, you know, of interest to people. We haven't really tagged it as anything. And with our recent uh, problem child, better known as YouTube, um, you know, and I can I can say that I'm going to really assault YouTube today because I can say it because I'm not I have no plans on putting this up on um, on the YouTube server. YouTube doesn't understand science. They're completely uneducated and they're run by a group of idiots that believe that uh, that they can dictate to the world what you can think. And we're not going to put up with it. So what we're doing is we're designating this show as a news show. And as a member of the U.S. Press Association, I can designate our show as a new show, which makes it much more difficult for them to mess with us. So I'm going. That will be in effect uh, beginning on the very next show. And what we're going to label it is a um, a new show from a Christian perspective. And if YouTube doesn't like that, then we'll just say goodbye to YouTube. They only, you know, they're only five percent of our audience. So if they want to be socialist and they uh, they are definitely atheists, if they want to do that, well, okay, we will kick them to the curb, and we will also ask that all of our subscribers to do exactly the same thing. So that's my big announcement for today. And now we're going to get into it, and we're going to actually use that new format today. But uh, we're not designated as a new show yet, but we will be. We will be designated as a new show on Thursday. So anyway, what we're going to talk about today, we're going to talk about all this activity that's going on over our heads here in the United States uh, with all of these uh, spy missions that some are even calling UFO invasions, believe it or not. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, we're we're going to talk about that. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, what's going on in the Ukraine right now. Um, and we're going to be talking about, um, you know, how things correspond, of course, to prophecy. That's the big deal. Um, and uh, Israel. Uh, we're also going to talk about the attack on Christianity that is beginning. And I've even got a printed report here that um, people are going to find very interesting uh, that was just made uh, public today involving the United States. 
and um, they're going to be, uh, I'll, I'll just say it, the United States is, is treading on thin ice right now with mm -hmm. Jesus Christ and with the Lord, and that's going to come out uh, when I read you this report today. Anyway, yeah. um, let's begin with these spy missions. Some of these clips are a little bit long. Okay, but uh, they need to be played, and we will uh, discuss each and every one. So let's begin again. Now, this is with all this activity over our heads for the last week to 10 days. Mm -hmm. Mike, uh, thanks for joining us. I mean, what do you make of this? It just seems like a shambles to me. Well, clearly, our adversaries are probing. And so they sense a weakness in the Biden administration, and they are ramping this up. And candidly, people would say, well, why are you sending something you know may get shot down or has a high likelihood of getting shotting down, shot, shot down? Well, really, the reason is there's valuable intelligence to see how we react and to see all the signals that go on with the and notifying our pilots what it is and how to do it and all of those kinds of things. Certainly there's value in that for them, but also it's to show that there is no apprehension for them to do what they're doing now. And that's because, again, they detect a weakness in the Biden administration. We've never seen anything quite like this at this level, this scale, this tempo. There's a reason for that. But my, are you assuming that these, um, the last three that they've shot down in the last two days are Chinese spy, whatever, flying objects? Uh, no, no, I'm not. I, I would be interested to see more information on both what was described as cylindrical and octagonal. Uh, you know, listen, the, the Russians also would have an interest and by the way, would cooperate with the Chinese Communist Party in this. Uh, given where their their actions in Ukraine, so I, I'm not I am not convinced they're all Chinese, uh, but I am going to guess certainly the balloons were Chinese, and then these new objects. Yeah. Uh, it would be interesting to see. I think I'd need more data to to discern that, and I'm sure that our our well, yeah. folks are trying to discern that as well. But I mean, this is the point. I mean, they've just, it's been days now, and they're sort of you know briefing that they're shooting all this stuff down. Here's another one we've got, but absolutely nothing. Uh, one way or the other, either to say, don't worry, these are just sort of random things, nothing to do with any military threat. It's just we're, we're, you know, abundance of caution, whatever, you know, bureaucratic language they use about threats to civilian aircraft or whatever, but nothing, no information whatsoever. So that's just days and days where people speculate. You, there's so much this morning, the Sunday shows was just complete joke of people speculating. Why aren't they saying anything about any of this? They must know more than they're letting on. As I said, they've had two days to get the one from Alaska. Well, I hope they know more than they're letting on, Steve. But I will tell you, when you fly something at 20,000 feet, uh, that's provocative. And I'll tell you why, because we have commercial airliners all through that spectrum of, of airspace. Uh, and that be, starts to become really dangerous. This is not a high altitude, 60,000 foot. And this, is, again, is according to the information that the government is giving us. That 20,000, that's provocative. They, they know that you're going to see right. it. They know right. that they're going to, to uh, be intercepted at some point. And by the way, the intelligence they get, they're calculating is worth whatever pro provocation value they get, number one. And number two, whatever short-term intelligence they get on signals intelligence and other things about how the U.S. reacts, including missiles, uh, excuse me, radar signals, uh, uh, in all of the all of the sort, including the kind of signals that are coming off an aircraft, an F-22, when they engage in that, yeah. all of those yeah. signals 
That's valuable intelligence for them. So they're making the calculation that they know they're going to get intercepted. They're flying at uh, 20,000 feet, which they know will jeopardize U.S. civilian aircraft or Canadian aircraft. Mm -hmm. I, you know, my argument is, hey, we better stand back and understand exactly what message they're sending. This is bigger than us intercepting these uh, these spycraft in our airspace. Uh, they're trying to tell us something, and we need to understand what that is, and we need to be very resolute uh, in our strength and showing yes. that we're going to tolerate this. Yeah, I tell, and what I'd like to understand, a lot of people, I think, is why this is suddenly, um, almost literally, coming on the radar. Okay, now you heard him say that it was a danger, and um, this is a danger to air travel in the United States. One thing that he didn't mention, and you've got to remember, I was in the airline industry. I know this industry very, very well. And uh, to give people a little bit of reassurance, each aircraft now, each commercial aircraft has a system on board. It's called ACARS. That's uh, Aircraft Collision Avoidance Radar System. And what that does is it, it monitors everything around them so they can spot these objects. So, you know, don't think that uh, there's not, you know, something in place there to protect the public. There is. And the pilots that are flying these aircraft are very able to uh, contact the tower and also their local company. There's two sets of, of radios that are on each aircraft. There's one that uh, gets in touch with the air traffic control system, and there's another one, a separate one, which is a radio, a radio system that connects to each individual airline and their, their towers. In every airport, not only do you have the FAA tower, you also have the company tower that belongs to each one of these airlines. So there's all kinds of all kinds of precautions in place. So you can pretty much feel safe is what I'm telling people. You can feel safe in getting on board an airplane. The only thing, you know, you're gonna run into your normal stuff, you know, but uh, as far as these objects, we should be able to maneuver around them quite easy. One, one thing that um, uh, I wanna play here real, real quick is, uh, and this is a very quick clip, this is Japan and South Korea uh, and their view on what's going on right now. Japan and South Korea say they fully support the U.S. response to dealing with a suspected Chinese spy balloon. Japanese and South Korean foreign ministry officials said they trusted the U.S. assertion that the balloon was a surveillance apparatus. Nora Vinek reports from Tokyo. After a trilateral meeting in Washington with U.S. Deputy Secretary of State Wendy Sherman, Japanese Vice Foreign Minister Takio Mori explained that Japan was supporting the U.S. position. His South Korean counterpart Cho Hyung Dong stated that as an ally of the United States, Seoul trusts the United States official statement. Since the balloon was shot down by the US military in early February, tensions between Washington and Beijing are high. Meanwhile, China is maintaining that the balloon was merely used for weather research and had been blown off course. It is calling the United States response an overreaction. Nora Weinig, Tokyo. Okay, uh, I failed to mention when I made my big announcement earlier 
that um, not only are we going to be playing a little, a few more clips than than usual from now on. We've, I'm also I've signed up for another service, which is an international service, to give us uh, more news reporting from an international view. So we'll not only be receiving the news uh, from here in the United States. For instance, that first report that you heard was from Fox News. Uh, th this uh, report uh, from a completely different agency. Um, and I'll talk more about them here in just a few minutes. But uh, Terry, do you have any initial comments on this? I've got one more clip on it from, uh, from Tucker Carlson uh, last night. But if you would like to comment on what we've done so far, go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. The, uh, obviously what they're doing, whoever is doing this, is simply testing. Right. They're simply checking, checking not only for weak points, but they're checking our political strategy uh, from the government. Uh, how are they going to respond? What are they doing? Uh, and they're also getting some, uh, they're getting some pluses across the world to say, you know, this is what we can do in America. You know, America is beginning to be given the image of, of being a do-nothing, uh, incompetent, right. I hate to say it, right. a government. So, and I could go on, but I won't, so. Well, uh, you're absolutely right that it's a test. I said that when uh, with the very first, um, the very first one that came across that was over the United States for days. Uh, it flew over some of our most sensitive um, military outposts, if you, uh, whatever you want to call them, here in the United States, and they, it was capable of collecting communication data, but it also was a test of reaction, how the United States reacts to something like this, and it took, uh, it took our president, I believe, five days to take the first one down, and now he seems to be shooting down anything that even looks funny, you know, so, uh, you know, I, I don't know, I, it seems like uh, there's... Uh, an unusual amount of chaos. Notice I said unusual because I believe this administration has been nothing but chaos. But I think it's an uh, unusual amount of chaos now. But let's go on. Uh, I didn't want to play this clip again. This is from Fox News again. Uh, this is Tucker Carlson. A little bit long. Again, these clips are a little bit longer than what you're used to. But again, the information within them is extremely important. So uh, let's take a listen to this. All of a sudden, it seems like Joe Biden is shooting an awful lot of things out of the sky. Have you noticed? It's not your imagination. Last Sunday, of course, the Pentagon took down that enormous Chinese spy balloon after it had already surveilled our entire country from the Aleutian Islands to South Carolina. You thought the trend was over, but no. On Friday, the White House announced that fighter jets had downed an object the size of a car over Alaska. Then on Saturday, an American F-22 shot down another unidentified object over Canada. Then on Sunday... An F-16 took out what the pilot said looked like a flying octagon 20,000 feet over Lake Huron. This apparently was the same object that the Pentagon had dismissed as a radar anomaly the night before as it hovered over Montana. Montana Congressman Matt Rosendale was not convinced. He said it looked very real to him, and apparently he was right. But what was it? What exactly were all three of these objects? As of yesterday, nobody seemed to know. Listen to the commander of NORAD, Air Force General Glenn Van Herc, pointedly say that the U.S. government has not ruled out the possibility of extraterrestrials. Because you still haven't been able to tell us what these things are that we are shooting out of the sky, 
that raises the question, um, have you ruled out aliens or extraterrestrials? And if so, why? Because that is what everyone is asking us right now. And thanks for the question, Helene. I'll let the intel community and the uh, counterintelligence community figure that out. I haven't ruled out anything uh, at this point. We continue to assess uh, every threat or potential threat unknown that approaches North America uh, with the attempt to identify it. Could be aliens. So here you have three unknown objects in three days. If these things are extraterrestrial, what we're seeing is an alien invasion. That means at some point, they're probably going to demand to be taken to our leader. And what are we going to say then? Uh, this is Kamala Harris. She once dated Montel Williams, but now she runs our country because her boss is senile. Ooh, pretty embarrassing. Thankfully, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. Privately, the U.S. government does not believe these things came from another planet. Whatever they are, they were floating, carried along by wind currents. That means they're lighter than air and therefore unable to enter our atmosphere without burning up they must have come from Earth. In other words, they're what we Earthlings call balloons. Balloons, heard the word before? What's weird is that no one in charge is willing to say the B word out loud. Watch flack John Kirby refuse to describe the flying octagon over Michigan. Can you tell us anything more about this octagonal object? How big was it? We're still trying to assess uh what what that was i'm not gonna get into a description I've, I've seen the press reports about what what it looked like um i i think we all need to be humble here in in terms of what our ability is to positively identify stuff from fighter aircraft that are going several hundred miles an hour past essentially in, in terms of relative motion a stationary object um that was not very big um so we don't know what this exactly look like and again we're still not sure exactly what what it what the purpose of it was or who owned it well he's got a necktie on and he's standing in front of a podium but is this normal is this the way things are supposed to work we shot these things down but we have no idea what they were we don't know where they came from or what they were doing here that's what he's saying that's what they're all saying and maybe that's true on the other hand, this is the same administration that sabotaged the Nord Stream pipeline, the single biggest act of industrial terrorism in history, and continues to lie about it. So on the other hand, maybe it's not true. NORAD says the U.S. has just readjusted its radar filter, so all of a sudden we're seeing all these objects in the sky we didn't know were there, flying at altitudes that pose an obvious threat to commercial airliners. Okay. And you should take that seriously, especially because it's just been reported, we cannot confirm this, but you've got to wonder, that at least one of these objects was a National Weather Service balloon. Again, unconfirmed, but if that's true, it would mean the Biden administration used fighter jets to shoot down its own balloon, and we really are becoming Fetterman Nation. Let's hope that's not true. We're starting to suspect it might be. Either way, what we know for certain tonight is that there is chaos in America's domestic airspace. That has never happened before. It's not a good sign. It is definitely not a good sign. And now people may say, well, how come you're playing this on the last Christian radio show? Why in the world do we really care? And here's, here's the deal. I believe that it does play into prophecy because the United States of America is not in the Bible. And there's got to be a reason for that. And one of the things that 
I have continually talked about for months is the strong possibility, if not probability, of an EMP attack, that's an electronic magnetic pulse, to take out everything that is electric, everything that runs on electricity in the entire nation. So you would have no car travel, you would have no trucks moving, you would have no groceries being delivered to grocery stores, um, you wouldn't be able to heat or cool your home. You wouldn't be able to cook anything. You wouldn't, in, in other words, we would basically be back in the Stone Age. So I think it's very important that people understand just how serious this really is. Another thing about this that plays into Christianity, in my opinion, is that people can believe in aliens, they can believe in UFOs, they can believe in space travel, they can believe in Sasquatch, uh, they can believe in anything made up, but for some reason or another they can't believe that God spoke everything into existence and that He is in control, and they are not talking about that. Instead, it's all scientific, and to me that's all garbage. Uh, this all is... God is in control, and something's going on here that leads me to believe that when we call this our weekly edition of the Rapture Report, that we are getting very close to the rapture of the church. Terry Farley, what do you think? Well, I don't want to start any wars, but uh, you know, uh, there are people that believe in Santa Claus. There are people that believe in the Easter Bunny. Right. <laughs> Can you know, and there are people that believe in Hollywood. So, yeah. <laughs> so we, we've got some. We've got some real problems. And here. the zombie apocalypse. You can't forget that and one zombie, either. Yeah. yeah. We throw that guy yeah. in there too. Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah. So you know, to me, all of this does play into scripture. And there's even part of the Bible, and I'll let you comment on this because I'm, you know, I'm, I just thought of this a little while ago, and I don't know if it even is a part, really. Uh, but the Bible also says about things happening in the heavens, that it will be activity in the heavens, okay? Well, if you go back 3,000 years, people weren't even thinking about space, there was no such things as, as satellites. There was no such thing as rockets or space travel or going to the moon or going to Mars. So uh, is it just possible that some of the references in the Bible, and I'm not talking about the stars and all that. I mean, that's, that is very specifically mentioned in the Bible. But is it just possible that some of that might have been in association with this, with this balloon stuff. Well, it was interesting, the remark uh, one of the people uh, gave that uh, the balloons couldn't have entered into our atmosphere, they would have burned up. So these things that we're looking at, talking about, certainly didn't come from out there. However, uh, again, you, I think there's still wiggle room to consider uh, that kind of thing, that kind of activity as being part of the prophecy. Although I've always looked at it uh, to this point, and you know, you're stirring me to go back in and do some more study in that area, right. because um, uh, to, my, to my understanding, it's always been in reference to outer space, yeah. uh, that, that which is above the earth, out and beyond 
and so forth. So, yeah. but but again, it's it's on the table. Yeah. Know, it's not. You can't at this point discredit it. So. Right. And again, yeah, I don't have any idea if if the yeah. Bible was referencing that or not. It was just something that that, um, that struck me because of the fact that those type of things were not known uh, at the time that, that the Bible was written. And you have to you have to remember that the Bible is the inspired word of God. It is given to it was given to specific prophets and they wrote what they were told or what they saw. And um, if you were if if you were living back three thousand years ago, and you're looking up, well, that's the heavens, right? So you know, if you see something, if, yeah, if if you see something up there, and you don't know what in the world that is, because it's something that um, that you've never experienced in your life. And it's in the heavens, um, mm -hmm. you know. I'm, I'm just saying that there's a possibility that that could have. A, the, the good way to, to get to run that rabbit down is to look up in your Greek translation of the King James. Look for the word heavens in your concordance, and that's going to tell you. That's going to give you a better perspective of what area uh, that's actually referring to. Yeah. In fact, that's what I'm going to be doing as soon as we get uh, get off the... Well, know, good. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm glad somebody's got time to research that because I don't. And um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to... Uh, that That is your homework assignment, Mr. Farley. Yes, sir. You, yes, sir. Um, and I appreciate it. Yeah, you, you make a note of that and, and you chase that down. But uh, now we are, um, believe it or not, already running out of time in the first half of this show. So if um, if you guys um, have are one of the stations or one of the platforms that only receives the first half of the show, always remember that the entire thing is uh, available to you at www.lastchristian.net. That's www.lastchristian.net, which is the official website of the Last Christian Radio Show, Last Christian. Uh, podcast as well. Also, uh, I need to tell people that we're also um, we've also expanded even more. Uh, we're now on SoundCloud, which is one of the uh, the bigger uh, outlets for podcasts and and that type of thing. So um, you know you may want to you may want to take a look at that. Um, uh, you know if if you're driving in your car or whatever. Um, uh, we, um, we're on, we're on just about everything now, except YouTube. And we'll, we'll be back on YouTube, uh, Thursday until the kindergartner finds something else, um, that he just doesn't like because he didn't understand science, obviously, or he would have understood that what we were talking about, uh, in the show that they banned from being shown on YouTube was actually a scientific fact, but, um, you know, they, they just didn't like it because it didn't, it didn't fit. So anyway, for those of you leaving us, uh, we'll see you next time. For everybody else, if you just hang on for just a couple of seconds, we'll be right back with the second half of the last Christian radio show. Hang in there, guys. We'll be right back with you.
Well, welcome back, everybody, to the second half of the internationally syndicated Last Christian Radio Show. Again, my name is J.D. Williams, joined in the Dallas and Fort Worth area there by my uh, co-host, Mr. Terry Farley. And uh, Terry, um, you were going to research that uh, we were talking about in the first half, and I told you, no, we just don't have time today. Uh, so it remains it remains your homework assignment uh, for the week, and we'll get back into that for sure. But you know, I want to I do want to keep things um, keep things going here um, because we do have just a heck of a lot to cover today. There is a lot going on, and the actually the the next thing that I want to talk about is what's going on in Russia and uh, what's going on in the uh, Ukraine, uh, and also put that into a biblical perspective as well. So let's take a listen, uh, this again from Fox News, and listen to this report. Today, Russia launched a widespread missile attack against Ukraine, targeting multiple cities across the country and sending civilians to bomb shelters. Beneath the streets of Kyiv, children gather for school, Notebooks in hand, they're continuing with lessons as cruise missiles target the city above. It is not quite comfortable for the children, a teacher named Olina says. But for such a long time, since September, the alarms were frequent and the children got used to such work. Today, more than 70 Russian missiles were fired at Ukrainian cities. Most of them were shot down, but those that slipped through air defense systems hit power facilities in six different regions. Ukraine's energy minister says millions are without electricity due to emergency shutdowns across most of the country. The Russian attack comes hours after Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky returned home from a multi-country tour of Europe. Yesterday, in an address to the EU parliament, Zelensky expressed hope that his country would receive Western combat planes and long-range missiles to defend against the Russian invasion. I am very grateful, Zelensky explained. I've heard from some European leaders about the readiness to give us the necessary weapons, including aircraft. President Zelensky's remarks come as his troops in the eastern part of this country continue to face heavy Russian bombardment. Officials here in Kyiv warn of increased fighting ahead of the war's one-year mark. And as we've seen in recent days, things are escalating and with just two weeks away, Officials in the capital of Kyiv do expect to be bracing for more attacks. Now, again, in my opinion, it's a bad idea for the United States to be sending um, anything other than humanitarian aid to the Ukraine. Uh, I, I stand by my prediction that no matter what happens, Russia is going to win that war. Uh, they're not mm -hmm. they're not going to step aside. They've got China supporting them. They've got North Korea supporting them. They've got Iran supporting them uh, and, and others. Um, and I, I, I just don't, I, I don't see a, I don't see a good, um, I don't see a good result for the United States. Um, one more report on this, um, an audio report here about uh, the new Russian offensive 
NATO defense ministers are discussing how to provide more artillery and air defenses to Ukraine. It comes as the alliance's secretary general says a fresh Russian offensive is already underway in Ukraine. And Dutch forces have reportedly intercepted three Russian jets near Polish airspace. William Denslow reports from Kyiv. NATO Secretary General Jens Stoltenberg says a much-anticipated Russian offensive is now underway. He says Moscow is sending more troops, more weapons and more capabilities to the front lines. This comes as yet more heavy fighting has been reported in the Bakhmut area in eastern Ukraine. Meanwhile, the Dutch Defence Ministry has stated that two of its planes have escorted three Russian jets away from NATO's area of responsibility. Russia's Defence Ministry hasn't commented. William Denslow, Kyiv. Okay, now there was a very important statement in there that the Polish Air Force had actually intercepted Russian fighter jets near the NATO border. They were not specific as to whether or not they had actually crossed into Polish airspace or not, but they were right up against it. So, um, you know, that is, that's not good news. Again, Russia has made it clear. They have warned NATO, you know, you, if you continue to uh, try to help out the country that we are at war with, that we take that personally and we intend to do something about it. And again, I think they're running those jets the same way that those balloons and stuff are coming over. Yeah over us i think they're doing the same thing with those jets uh, yeah. approaching uh, nato areas see what the response is see what see what the uh, what the pushback is going to be and so far it's been mm-hmm. anything but strong i'll put it that way yeah. uh, what 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 is your opinion of that no exactly uh you know i keep going back to vietnam come on yeah. you know did anybody ever see the movie? Read the book? Come on, let's, <laughs> let's wake up here. Yeah, and again, you know, this is at a, a much higher level than there. And, you yeah, know, exactly. And, uh, <laughs> it makes it worse. Uh, yeah, that was, um, that, you know, that war was a proxy war as well between the United States yeah. and Russia. You know, uh, the... Yeah. Uh, the Viet Cong were getting all kinds of equipment from uh, Russia and, and intelligence from them. And, of course, the mm-hmm. uh, South Vietnamese at the time, they were uh, receiving that same assistance from us. So it was a proxy war. And it, yeah. it looks like we're in that, too. So how do we bring that one into a biblical perspective? How do we put a Christian slant on that news? Well, I'm going to play a clip that actually goes back to the uh, earthquake situation, but I also Mm -hmm. think that it plays into all this as well, because in each instance, things could be interpreted a certain way, and there could be a reaction one way or the other here. So uh, this um, this is from the Watchman newscast. Um, by the mm-hmm. way, by the way, those international reports—they come from feature story news. That's um, yeah. it's information that comes from all over the world. It's an international outlet that I have mm-hmm. um, aligned us with. Okay, uh, mm-hmm. let, let's listen to Eric uh, Stackelbuck of the uh, Watchman newscast, and listen to this because there, there's a lot of good information in this one too. Very interesting and troubling news 
surrounding Iran's involvement in the aftermath of the horrific Turkey-Syria earthquake. We've shared with you here on the newscast how Israeli aid workers immediately headed to Turkey to help the earthquake relief efforts there. Israel also offered earthquake assistance to Syria. Unclear whether Syria will accept that. Remember, folks, Israel and Syria have no diplomatic relations. But certainly, Syria has a very cozy relationship with the Iranian regime. And now Israel is warning Iran about not trying to ship weapons into Syria under the guise of earthquake relief. Right now, the head of the Iranian Islamic Revolutionary Guards Corps Quds Force, Esmail Ghani, is reportedly on the ground in Aleppo, Syria, one of the hardest hit areas from the earthquake, helping to direct Iran's aid efforts. And there's also been Iranian cargo planes landing in Syria, again, all under the guise of earthquake relief. Yet we know, folks, very well, and you've heard me lay it out for you many times here in the newscast over the years, that Iran uses Syria as a transit point to ship weapons through Syria into Lebanon, into the hands of Hezbollah. And Israel's concern right now is that, in a very evil manner, Iran is going to attempt to do that now, again, under the guise of earthquake relief, but it's not earthquake relief materials on these planes, it's weapons and weapons parts. So Israel has laid down a warning to the Iranian regime about that. We're keeping a very close eye on that as well. If the Iranian regime, which would be very much in their character, is taking advantage of this horrific tragedy to advance their aims in Syria... Okay, so to me, um, again, this is very, very biblical. Um, the Iranian regime, they don't do anything unless it is to benefit them. I think, that's, mm -hmm. um, I think that is a fair statement to make. Yeah, um, you're right. If they, uh, they're sending weaponry in the form of drones primarily missiles rockets uh to russia and they of course have been for decades uh, attempting to do everything that they can to destroy the state of israel and they have been making shipments regularly through the damascus airport in syria to distribute those weapons to the terrorist organizations and some countries that oppose Israel. And now they have been given a great excuse. And um, as a matter of fact, uh, Terry, I failed to load it and I'm going to attempt to do it uh, as, you, as you reply. Uh, Syria has actually opened up some new, um, new ways of getting stuff from Iran, okay, they, uh, and they're doing that through, and you're going to love this, they're doing that through Turkey, a NATO member, okay, so uh, I'll let you comment on that, and I'm, I'm going to try to um, very quickly load in the, uh, the, the report that I had on that, I hope I can find it, but go ahead. Yeah. Why am I not surprised at the mention of Turkey? 
uh, Iran and Syria uh, uh, going to uh, Lebanon. Uh, you know, I mean, they've got like super highways <laughs> taking stuff through. You know, they don't even have to stop with the border guards. <laughs> they yeah. flag them through. You know, yeah. uh, it's just obvious uh, what's taking place. And, um, you know, because that's their main goal. Right. And, uh, and uh, you know, and they've got the backing of all of the countries that are in all of the terrorist groups uh, scattered around the Middle East, uh, you know, uh, set up to to be ready to pounce at a moment's notice. Yeah. So there's yeah. no surprise there at all. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, again, to me, this all plays into the Gog-Magog war. Uh, Russia, yeah. Russia to form that uh, coalition, which will will involve what's left of Syria, uh, mm -hmm. as and of course a, a, a big player in that Russian coalition is Iran. So and mm -hmm. so I, that's the reason I felt like that that report uh, played into it really well. But I want you to listen to this again. What they are doing or what they are trying to do is open up new ways of getting um, supplies into Syria through Turkey. And I, I, I can't emphasize this enough. Turkey is a NATO country. So we should, yeah. you know, Turkey, if it was truly NATO, and you know, a, a, a member nation that really wanted to make a difference, they would be mm -hmm. monitoring this stuff really closely. But I don't trust them. <laughs> I don't trust them at all in monitoring anything but listen to this again now this is mainly about the um the earthquake of course and you know that's the excuse that iran is using is that you know are we're, we're trying to get help to them okay we're, we're, we're doing all we can to try to help them out listen to this today the other country hit by that devastating earthquake a week ago syria the northwest corner of the war-torn country has, like Turkey, been devastated by the quake. But unlike Turkey, humanitarian aid has faced enormous obstacles getting to the people in most need. That could be about to change after progress on Monday at the United Nations. Syrian President Bashar al-Assad has now agreed to open two crossing points from Turkey. Christine Allen is the CEO of KFOD, the Catholic Agency for Overseas Development, and says supplies are desperately needed. The access routes into northwest Syria um, have, been, have been blocked for a long time. They're very limited. Humanitarian assistance has to get through. Syria has been in a war for the last 12 years. Even before this earthquake struck, more than 4 million people in Syria, many of which in that Northwest Territory were dependent upon humanitarian assistance. So we were already in a situation where that country was on its knees even before the earthquakes hit. So this has been one nightmare scenario on top of another. At least 3,500 people are known to have died on the Syrian side of the border due to the earthquake. And as in Turkey, it is feared that the final death toll could be substantially higher. That's 35,000 people in Syria. We had heard reports already out of Turkey that um, the death toll there was about 30,000 people. So this, this earthquake um, did an incredible amount of damage. Another thing that, that we um, heard from that report is how many people, I believe that they said 4 million, 
that are dependent on humanitarian aid. So really what we have done today is shown you the wars that are going on, the rumors of wars that are going on. We are all familiar with the pestilence situation, okay? Um, the report that YouTube did not want you guys to hear, the manipulation of DNA, that uh, I believe is, as I labeled that banned show, uh, science attempting to play God. Um, we, we've got all the spy stuff going on, which I believe reflects a very strong possibility of, of the reason why the uh, United States of America is not in the Bible. If, if nothing else, we're going to be tied up on two fronts, fighting China, fighting Russia, um, you know, and we've got an inept administration that has no clue of what to do on any issue. We've got a president that can't even find the podium. He has no idea what he's going to say until he reads it. You know, I mean, this is, you know, so the United States is basically out of the equation here. Um, I've got one other report, but before I do that, and it's on a completely different topic. So, Terry, what do you think of all this stuff? I mean, doesn't this point at... Bible prophecy? Aren't we seeing a lot of prophecies coming together with the way that the world is playing around right now? Sure, absolutely. Uh, in fact, I think, and I've mentioned this, I think, on our last show, it seems to me, but I've noticed more and more Christian broadcasters always turning to his Ezekiel 38 yeah. and 39. Yeah. You know, it's like it's like the go-to prophecy now. You know? They're waking up. <laughs> They're They're all waking up. Yeah. But, uh, so, so, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and the thing is, is when you get down and you do a breakdown on the countries that are involved in Ezekiel 38 in the opening of it, uh, you start going, my goodness, wait a minute. I know this country. I know this country. Right. I know this country. Right. <laughs> so, and, and on so top of yeah. that, it's not only Ezekiel 38 and 39. It's also Isaiah 17. You know, because well, man, that's a, you know, I that's mean, a sleeper. It's a sleeper because it's only like the one verse just kind of opens it, and and people they're not, but they're going to wake up one day, and that's going to be seventeen one is going to be the headline on newspapers and TV yeah. shows, news shows all across the world. Well, you know, it's it's purely speculation on my part. I um, I'm not a prophet. I'm. I don't have the inspired Word of God given to me. The only thing that I have is the Bible to go by and, and then, of course, to look at current events as they are playing out. But my personal opinion has been developing over these many months that we have done this and over the many years that I've been studying it. And uh, we've always said, we don't know what's going to happen first. We don't know if it's going to be the rapture of the church. We don't know if it's going to be Isaiah 17, 1 or Ezekiel 38, 39. We have no idea what the order is because the Bible doesn't, doesn't tell us that, doesn't give us that information. But my personal opinion is, is that the order, and I'm leaving the rapture out of this order because it could literally happen at any time. Okay, and we really, that's something we're going to end the show with. We're going to talk about that. But um, I'm leaving that out. And I believe that the order 
is Isaiah 17:1 will occur first, that Damascus will cease to be a city, and that the world will react to that, and specifically Russia, Iran, and the Gog-Magog coalition will react to that, and that they will use an excuse that Israel, whether they did it or not, was responsible for the destruction of Damascus, giving them the excuse to take out Israel, put the coalition together, attack them, and God stopped them. That is the order that I think things will occur, but again, that is pure speculation on my part. Do you have any com any comment on that? Well, that's as good a lineup as anything else that comes across the board. Uh, it's going to happen. Yeah. That's the key. And let me go back and just touch very briefly on 2 Timothy 3.16. It says all scripture, all scripture, the Bible that you hold in your hand, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. Now, that's the inspired word. Now, the word inspire actually means God breathed. God right. breathed the Bible into existence. So you can get in there. If you don't know Jesus, you ask him in your heart, forgive you of your sins, and, and, and he's going to bring the Holy Spirit to live inside you, and he's going to begin to reveal to you uh, in terms of your place within the body. Uh, you might be called to be a preacher. You might be called to, who knows, a missionary. We don't know, but you will be called to some function, and that's what you will learn the Scripture from for all of those things that you need for whatever calling God gives you, whether it's teacher or servant of all, whatever it might be. Amen. I agree with that 100%. And another thing that the Bible says will occur in the last days, and really it's happened throughout history, but it's just going to get worse, and that is the persecution of Christians. And the, the one thing that we have been lucky here in the United States is we've been able to avoid that for the most part for many, many years. But now Christianity is beginning to come under attack in the United States of America. And there is a, a socialist on the uh, on television right now. And I don't think I don't think that she would deny she's a socialist. I really don't. And that's Joy Mayhar Behar uh, mm -hmm. with um, MSNBC, mostly socialist NBC. Okay, that's what MS stands for. It's mostly socialist. Okay, yeah. so anyway, she she had to make a comment on the Super Bowl. Okay, and I don't know. I mean, I didn't watch the whole thing. I didn't watch the whole Super Bowl. You know me. I'm a college fan. I'm not a real big pro football fan. Sure, but. Sure. Um, I watched part of it, and I did catch one of the commercials that she's talking about. There, um, I was actually surprised to see it. Uh, but anyway, there were a couple of Christian ads that were run during the Super Bowl this year. And this is what uh, Joyless Behar had to say about it. There were the ads, which in my humble opinion, were really not that great this year. But two from a group called, the, called He Gets Us really stood out telling viewers to be childlike and urging us to look past our differences with the tagline, Jesus loved the people we hate. But what those ads didn't tell you is who is behind the He Gets Us campaign. It's part of a $100 million campaign to help promote Christianity and build the brand of Jesus, 
according to its backers, because his, his brand has really just never been built before. And I think it is fair to say Jesus Christ wouldn't spend millions of dollars on television ads promoting his image. Well, I'll tell you what, Joy, you need to pick up a Bible and educate yourself. Because right now, Miss Behar, and I say this with great sincerity and with also a sense of sadness, that if you continue to act and talk the way you are now, you are going to spend your eternity in hell with Satan. So you better get your act together. You better learn. You better educate yourself. And you better accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. Because if you don't, Miss Behar, you're going to hell, pure and simple. Okay. Uh, I'm going to show. I'm going to show you something here, Terry. Look at this. Yeah. Read lengthy ads to Christian conservative legal group Alliance Defending Freedom, which she described as an anti-LGBTQ hate group. And I wanted to put that up there to clarify my earlier statement. Go ahead. Yeah, and what, yeah. Uh, her name is Reed, correct? Reed, I'm uh, sorry. You, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah, you, no, no, I stand corrected. You, yes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you were saying uh, Behar. Behar. Yeah. And yeah. It, it was Reed. And yeah. I don't know their full names. I don't follow either one yeah. of them. Yeah. But, but Behar's on that talk, women's talk show. Yeah. And so we need to clarify that. Yeah, you did. Just for people. You did. Okay. Go ahead. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, no, it's, listen, I, I don't care what you do. You can hold a street sign on the corner of, of Broadway and 7th Avenue in New York City saying Jesus saves. Somebody's going to have a comment. Right. Uh, and that's okay. That's what Jesus said. He said, you're coming into a war. That's what it's all about. Uh, the fact is, people, they, they weren't trying to advertise Jesus's image. They were huh. trying to get people to hear the name of Jesus, right. because at the name of Jesus, every knee is going to bow. Right. When, Amen. When, when we meet him, that's it. So yeah. that's that's where she's missing the point. She's attacking the people that are simply trying to get Jesus to the world because the world's running out of time. And when they meet Jesus, they better know him before they get there. Yeah. Amen. And we are running out of time. So what we need to do is, again, let everybody know that the true purpose of this, even though we are now labeling ourselves as a news show, I think it is news. I think the gospel is news, as in good news. Um, and uh, Terry, you got 30 seconds, seriously, 30 seconds. And I'm not talking about blast off or PMR. I'm not talking about eyes of the storm. I'm saying tell people what they need to do to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. You got 30 seconds, sir, and then I got to cut you off. Go. Jesus said there was a man that was in the temple, could not lift up his eyes. He was so ashamed of himself. And he said, the man prayed, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. Jesus said that man went to his house justified before God. That's all you need to pray. Call out to Jesus. Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. I'm going to see you in heaven. Amen. Amen. And with that, we hope to see you again in the next show, which um, will be our Prepare for Flight segment this week. But if we happen to take off, you probably won't get it. You'll probably get something else. So anyway, yeah. we do hope that you'll join us uh, in the next show. 
And if you have not accepted Jesus Christ, please do. Until next time, everybody, good night and God bless you.